Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Ulysses. Get three free months of Ulysses by going to www.ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros. So this is uh, one of my favorite features of, uh, of the new uh, shortcut actions that's only introduced in iOS 13.1, and that is that files passed as input to third-party actions can now be modified by, by that shortcut action. So in iOS 12 and iOS uh, 13, developers cannot really take a file as input and then modify its content, at least not any file, but that's possible now. So in Scriptable, you can pass in a, a file that you get from the files, uh, shortcut actions in shortcuts, and then you might want to append something to that file, or uh, you can even add or remove tags on the file. So that's, there's a lot of different uh, ways that third-party developers can manipulate files now. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of iPad Pros. Happy iOS 13 day. We are now just 10 days away from the launch of iPadOS on September 30th, and I have a lot of great content planned to help everyone get up and running with iPadOS. It has been great seeing all of the iOS 13 builds of apps hit the App Store, and can't wait for all the multi-window apps to start showing up for iPadOS. My sponsor for today's episode is Ulysses, and they are nearing the release of Ulysses 18, which is going to be a huge iPadOS-focused release. I've been on the beta for some time now, and I'm just really impressed with all the little and big improvements throughout the app. Contextual menus have been incredibly useful and can't wait for other apps to adopt this. These 3D touch-like actions really do pack a ton of features into a small amount of screen space, and this will really be one of the big things pro apps will need to integrate intelligently. I'm constantly dragging a sheet away from the main app to put next to Safari or working on two sheets next to each other. At night, it's awesome using the system-wide dark mode, and I'm just starting to test out the new shortcut parameters with Ulysses 18. Anyways, I just want to share how awesome of an update this will be and can't wait for the other apps I depend on day-to-day to get their big iPad OS updates, which should be any day now. My guest today is Simon, the developer of Scriptable and JSON. We dive into not only his apps and what big improvements he's implemented for iPadOS and iOS 13, but also some general thoughts on iPadOS and iOS 13. Without further ado, here's my interview with Simon. Welcome to the podcast, Simon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Today, as this episode comes out, it is iOS 13 launch day, I believe, for the phones. We have a little bit of time left for uh, iPads to come out for that update, but exciting day uh, in Apple Week. Can you first kind of introduce yourself and how you use the iPad? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm also very excited for the uh, iOS 13 launch. Uh, as a developer, that's what we've been like working towards all summer. But yeah, a short introduction. I'm Simon, and uh, I'm a developer, uh, an indie developer as a hobby, but uh, I have a full-time job at an agency, and um, that's actually where I use my my iPad the most. Day job is uh, also a developer, so I'm I'm very dependent on the uh, on the MacBook for writing uh, iOS apps, and uh, also, of course I also use the MacBook a lot uh, in my spare time to write uh, iOS apps too. So the the primary purpose of my uh, of my iPad is really uh, one uh, as a like a, a development device to uh, develop apps on. Uh, but that's more or less the, the boring part. Um, I also use it a lot for my day job to take uh, 
notes in meetings and yeah of course run a few a few automations now and then uh, in shortcuts it is like mostly a, a work device or a note-taking device and what's your go-to note-taking app on the ipad these days so i'm very boring the apple notes apps actually ever since i got my uh, my ipad pro uh, i used to use the uh, the bear app i really like it i, I like writing in, in markdown and, and it supports markdown when I got the iPad and the uh, Apple Pencil, I moved to Apple Notes because like, their, their pencil support is just, at least in my opinion, superior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, the Apple Notes app, I can't. I, I like to be able to zoom in because my writing's way too big. If I just use the Notes app, I just it would never work for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the scaling is a bit funny. Yeah. So before we get to your two apps, JSON and Scriptable... I want to talk a little bit about iOS 13 and iPadOS, just kind of in general, kind of first off, for iPadOS, what are you most excited about for data usage of the device, especially now that all the third-party apps are going to be rolling out with updates? So a lot of the features have been kind of hidden away this summer uh, for just uh, the Apple apps. As a user of the iPad, I'm, I'm mostly excited about the, the, the split screen, the new multi-window support. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a huge deal. In the previous versions of iOS, I've really enjoyed using it in uh, in Safari to um, like to have multiple windows open in that. But that was like an, an app-only support of this multi-window, and now it's coming to third-party apps too. I think that's going to be be really great. Over the summer, I've been using it a lot in in the Notes app, as, as mentioned before, to uh, like to to have multiple notes going on during a meeting. To maybe use my pencil in one and then write in another note. And um, just use whenever I uh, have to write my notes uh, clean. So I might have jotted down some some quick notes during a meeting, and then I might later uh, write them in a more uh, understandable way. Then I have this uh, split screen with two different notes. So I really think the the multi window support is gonna be it's gonna be really great. But yeah, all the text apps, uh, whatever note taking app, if it supports multi window, it's especially great with you know you're doing a research project, you have Safari with and then a note right next to it. You can have a different Safari window with a different set of notes for a different research you're doing, and it's, it's incredibly useful. Yeah, definitely. And also this uh, these workspaces that you can can have now. So you might have uh, multiple workspaces with different windows in them, and then you can quickly switch between them. Uh, they're like it's like they're borrowing a little from the Mac there. We also had these uh, what are they called? Maybe just spaces on the Mac. Yeah, spaces. Yep. It's a little of the. It's like the same idea, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to dive deeper into that as uh, third party apps adopt these uh, these multiple windows. What other apps besides note taking apps are you most eager to see updates for uh, to to support that? Like in my in my day to day job, I um, use uh, Jira for uh, task management, and I think that's like the uh, the one um, app that I'm most uh, mostly looking forward to. Uh, to adopting this so I can have multiple there. Uh, if you don't know uh, Jira, there's different boards that you can have for different projects you're on and these have uh, tasks. So a board might be like a, a Kanban board that has different uh, columns where you can move ta- that you can move tasks between. And I'd like to be able to have uh, multiple boards open at once or maybe a board and then another list of the tasks or like different representations. Or maybe I can even like create a task in one window and uh, then see it on the board in the other. I think that's going to be be really great. I think that's the, the one app that I'm mostly most excited to to see adopt these new APIs. And as far as other features in iPadOS, has anything really surprised you with just how useful it is or delayed you in a way that based on the you know original keynote and presentation, you wouldn't think this little feature that is in there is, is really 
kind of super handy. When I saw iPad OS and like the uh, the one thing that pops in your eyes and uh, at first glance is like these uh, widgets on the on the home screen now, or at least on the the first page of your home screen. I kind of thought they were uh, a gimmick. So for many years we've been wishing for a, an updated uh, home screen, at least on the on the iPad where we can do more advanced stuff. I thought this wasn't the right step. I wanted something that was more advanced. But as I've been using it, it, it just starts to make sense to me to have my shortcuts on the left-hand side and uh, a calendar view. And um, yeah, I, I'm really surprised how useful that have turned out. Uh, it's a really good uh, glimpse at my at my day and uh, a really fast way to, to trigger some of these uh, automations to just have them handy on the left-hand side. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that battery widget is becoming more and more useful. I noticed in the final build, DualShock 4 controllers now support the battery widget oh. with the percent engine icon, which was a nice delight and surprise there. So you can actually see your controllers in the battery widget. That's yeah, that's nice. Let's dig into uh, yeah, scriptable. Uh, so scriptable, what is scriptable for those that don't know about it, and who's it for? Scriptable is like um, I I like to say that it's to uh, shortcuts what Apple Script is to automator on the Mac. On on the Mac, you have this. Uh, for those that don't know, there's this automator tool that is very much like shortcuts on the on the iPhone. And then there's a little uh, scripting tool where you can do mostly the same things. Uh, you can script part of the uh, of the OS. You can write some some Apple Script, Apple's own uh, small programming language, or you can use uh, JavaScript, which is also a, a language that's used in web development. Scriptable is like the counterpart to to shortcuts and in that uh, analogy. So it's a smaller app where you can uh, write your own JavaScripts that hook into native APIs of iOS. So that's APIs for reminders and calendar and uh, like <laughs> the file system and so on. A lot of these things you can do in, in shortcuts too. Scriptable kind of provides a, a different interface to to do these, these sort of things. And was this created out of a need you saw in your own automation desires on iOS that wasn't met by shortcuts and you really wanted this tool for yourself kind of initially? Ever since Workflow came out uh, a few years ago, Workflow that is now shortcuts, I was like, I, f- I fell in love with the tool and I was using it, but the more I used it, the more I felt like this tool isn't really made for me. I'm not really in the target group here uh, because I'm a programmer. I know how to program and uh, doing some of these tasks that um, you can do in shortcuts, making if step statements and managing variables, which by the way, have gotten a lot more easy in iOS 13. That's like a very natural thing for for programmers. So I thought it would be really cool if I could have something like workflow, but with an interface that is more common to programmers, like a, a regular programming language. Yeah. And then like a few years passed and uh, this idea kept coming uh, up in my head. And then one day I was like, Apple, Apple released this thing called uh, JavaScript Core, uh, or maybe it was actually released before then. I, I learned about it at some point, and it's uh, a framework for developers where you can uh, execute JavaScript on iPhones and iPad. And then I started playing around with that and uh, just found out that that's basically what I've been looking for to, to run JavaScript on my, on my phone. And then I, I built an app on top of that. Awesome. And some example scripts that you can run within scriptable what would have you run in your users what kind of how basic does it get and how advanced can it get with the kind of automations you can run yeah so uh, one of my go-to examples is more or less the, the first script that i i wrote in in scriptable it's a script called uh, today's pollen count 
I'm allergic to to pollen and other stuff, but uh, especially during the summer, uh, the pollen can be very uh, harsh on me. So I made a script that makes it easy to to pull down the pollen count from a from a web service and then display it in a UI. So part of the story here is that uh, last year I was uh, fortunate enough to to go to uh, to WWDC, and at that point I was already developing Scriptable. It wasn't out at that point, but then like we all know what happened during the last year's WWDC. Shortcuts got introduced, and at that point I really knew uh, like this is the direction I want to take Scriptable in. I don't want to be like a, a competitor to shortcuts or workflow. I want to like fill some of the gaps that there that shortcuts have left open, and then be like a, a different interface to some of these uh, native APIs. And they they released uh, short shortcuts, um, which doesn't have many ways of presenting uh, interfaces. So you can present some some text with the quick look action or you can make Siri speak a phrase, but um, you can't really make any custom UI. So I made that for Scriptable, and uh, in this uh, pollen count script, uh, I made it so that uh, it, it fetches the pollen count from the website or the web service, and then it presents it in a in a structured way in a table. So I can see from the different uh, pollen sorts, I can see the the pollen count and how uh, severe it is. I don't know if you want some, some other examples, maybe from, from other users. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. On the forum, there's a lot of users sharing some of their scripts. And one of the scripts that I that I really enjoy is um, a script that uh, that fetches data from, I think, a public API of uh, attraction waiting times in Disneyland and uh, the oh. park schedules for Disneyland. And then it presents it uh, much like my... Uh, my pollen script it presents it in a in a structured way, so you can ask you can ask Siri to present the the attraction waiting times for for Disneyland. Unfortunately, I live too far away from Disneyland to use it on a regular basis, but there are some users on the forum that found this uh, very useful. And is there a way to sort the attraction time by least to most within the script? Is that another option somehow? I don't know if it's like built into this particular script. But since we're just dealing with the with a regular programming language, there are sort of functions built in for this uh, this type of behavior. So sorting a, a list in a in a programming language is uh, like is, is fairly simple. Okay. Um, so you could easily modify the script to to sort them by uh, by waiting time. Yeah, it's brilliant. You're at the park. You can like. <laughs> uh, plan out your order of operation that way for which one yeah you exactly wanna, which one you want to do the uh, easy pass thing with and then jump over to the other one and yeah that's that's really cool yeah. so how do you actually invoke these various scripts you write so there's a lot of different ways to to invoke the scripts i think the most common is through siri uh, so just like shortcuts well you can make a shortcut for a, a script and then run it in in Siri on your on your device. Of course, you can run them inside the app, or you can run them from um, like by by three D touching on, on the app icon. Since three D touch is removed now, you can just long press it, so the new devices doesn't support three D touch. They support this thing called haptic touch, which is basically a long press. Yeah, and it also lets iPads tap into this functionality too, because it's any device can just long press an icon to access that functionality now. Yeah, so that's also that's like one of the features I really love about the new uh, iOS 13 is that these uh, quick actions that uh, users could put on the on an app icon, I can now bring those to uh, to the iPad as well. And actually, I. I wasn't even like aware of this or it hadn't occurred to me that, of course, that's an option now. But uh, sometime during the beta cycle of Scriptable, the new version that's uh, 
that's coming very soon. A user wrote to me and couldn't understand that. Like, where are these actions, uh, these quick actions, now that uh, I can long press an app icon on my iPad? I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I should totally support that. That's maybe one of my favorite small uh, things of iOS 13. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big user of these uh, quick actions on, on different apps. Yeah, and there will be within apps as well. Like I know Drafts has a thing where you can long tap on one of the sheets and drafts or text files and drafts to have some sort of different options show up there, which is going to be really handy. Yeah. So last year, Siri Shortcuts support was kind of each individual automation you wanted to do was individualized. You had to set it up kind of one off at a time, and it was not that deep. Uh, for instance, like I, I set one up with Scriptable that when I told Siri to make me smile, it would show me a picture of my dog uh, and it pulled it from <laughs> Scriptable. And that was really great. But how does the integration change this year? And does it support both the old style integration where you're telling Siri shortcuts, do this specific thing, and then all the new stuff? Or is it just moving to uh, this new way of doing things? You can still tie uh, one phrase to, for example, a script or any other action in an app. And then you can, um, then that will be added to your list of shortcuts. There will be a, a new shortcut in the shortcuts app that just shows the uh, the app icon instead of whatever icon you might have chosen for your shortcut, and then some some color for the shortcut. You can use those as you could in in iOS 12. But like new this year is the parameter support, which adds even more options for developers to expose features through the shortcuts. Uh, or the shortcut actions that they have created. But like not really much have changed from a user's point of view in terms of adding shortcuts, I think. Okay, gotcha. And then these new parameters, what kind of new options does this bring? What kind of new scripts can be built now that you do have parameters? So, yeah, so this is really one of the, the, the big new things in, in iOS 13 and shortcuts. Basically, now we can build anything that processes data. So before uh, the actions that developers exposed were kind of uh, isolated actions. So taking an example from um, the dubbed up DC uh, session videos, and I think it was even part of the, the keynote last year, is their uh, Soup Chef app, where when you order a, a soup, you get the, uh, get the chance to add this order to Siri, and then you can make the exact same order the next day or the day afterwards, so on. But it has to be the exact same order. So that's like a one-to-one mapping. You have done this action before, maybe you want to do it at another point in time. This year, you could be you could add this action to your uh, shortcut and then modify it within shortcuts. So that's a parameter. So it might be that the next time you're ordering a different kind of soup, but that's a parameter that the developers can now get in from the shortcuts app or even from Siri. So you could have a, an action that takes a soup as input. And when you run it with Siri, uh, Siri will ask you, which kind of soup do you want to order? Whereas last year, Siri would just assume that you wanted to order the same soup. Oh, very cool. And that means you're able to pick from a list within the voice Siri as well? Or is it uh, something that shows up on your Siri display where you tap on it? You're able to answer Siri with any like known any soup that's known to this app. So I think you can, if Siri asks which soup you want to order, I think you can just uh, answer with any item that's, that's already on a list, but developers have to provide this list of known soups to Siri. 
And she will also present a, a visual interface that you can pick from. But when you uh, when you answer Siri which soup you want to order, it has to be on that list. Gotcha. Yep. And then the files app within shortcuts. My experience with it has been it brings up the document picker and you're dealing with a lot of manual work there. Is there any way that Scriptable helps with dealing with files and, and automation and making that a better experience? So this is uh, one of my favorite features of, uh, of the new uh, shortcut actions that's only introduced in iOS 13.1. And that is that files passed as input to third-party actions can now be modified by, by that shortcut action. So in iOS 12 and iOS uh, 13, developers cannot really take a file as input and then modify its content, at least not any file. But that's possible now. So in Scriptable, you can uh, pass in a, a file that you get from the uh, from the files sh- uh, shortcut actions in shortcuts and then you might want to append something to that file or uh, you can even add or remove text on the file so that's there's a lot of different uh, ways that third party developers can manipulate files now and the files mainly text files plain text what kind of file formats make sense for modification in this way well really any file so the the new shortcut uh, actions from a developer's point of view is very flexible and they can really accept any file that's input so like an image say uh image editor they could do a a watermarking uh shortcut now where it takes all those image files and adds a watermark to the same upper right corner of the image, for instance. Sure, that's uh, that, that's something we can do now in, in iOS 13.1. And then, like, for now we have talked about the, the input parameters, but another part of iOS 13 is also uh, outputs, or you can call them output parameters, or I don't really know what, the, uh, what Apple's uh, choice of word is here, but shortcut actions can also output something. So it, it in in your case it would output the the watermarked image, and then you could use it in in other actions. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And we mentioned earlier the new contextual menus, the replacement of three D touch. Where in Scriptable are you implementing this outside of the app icon? One option that users have is to uh, uh, long press all three D touch on devices that support that. Uh, a script on my uh, list of scripts. Uh, on their list of scripts and uh, then they're presented with some shortcuts not shortcuts from the shortcut app but like some other shortcuts to run the script or delete it and rename it that's about it this episode of iHeart Pros is sponsored by Ulysses in this quick break I want to share a little bit about Ulysses and how you can try it out for free for three months which is an exclusive offer for listeners of iPad Pros in case you don't know about Ulysses Ulysses is my writing app of choice, and I've been a paying customer since June 2017 and love how aggressive and meaningful the updates have been since becoming a customer. It's available, of course, for iPad, but it's also on iPhone and Macintosh. You can listen to episode 7 of this podcast to hear from Max, the lead developer and co-founder of Ulysses, discuss the app in depth. In episode 40, I had author Matt Gemmel on the podcast, and you can listen in to that episode to hear how he uses Ulysses as an author. It's an awesome tool for authors, but also for journalists, copywriters, students, and it's the tool I use as a podcaster to write scripts, craft my interview questions, and it's where I store all of the text I deal with on a daily basis. 
Ulysses is an Apple Design Award winner, and they really are on the forefront of good design and beat Apple in supporting split screen by implementing it in the way Apple ended up doing it before Apple even showed it off at WWDC this year with the custom version within their own app. With Ulysses, you can access and edit all your text anytime, anywhere, with all your devices kept up to sync via iCloud. Ulysses offers a distraction-free writing environment and lets you focus on your text. The app does a great job helping you organize your text with the right tools to manage your writing projects of any kind and size. These tools include nested groups, writing goals, keywords, and filters. You can export to multiple formats, including plain text, HTML, EPUB, PDF, and DOCX. Besides the built-in export styles, which are excellent, you can import custom export styling from the Ulysses community or create your own. You can also easily publish to WordPress blogs, ghost blogs, and to Medium. To learn more and to get your exclusive free three months of Ulysses, go to www.ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros. Once again, that's ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros. As many students are listening, I wanted to highlight that Ulysses does have educational pricing that is $10.99 for six months, with standard pricing available at either $4.99 a month or $39.99 a year. Thanks again to Ulysses for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Show your support of iPad Pros by trying out Ulysses today at ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros. One of the other new iOS 13 features you're able to tap into now is the relative date time formatter. What is this and who is this really going to be useful for? That's maybe one of the more uh, boring APIs of uh, iOS 13. From my, my point of view, it's actually pretty exciting because what the relative date formatter gives to iOS developers is some way to express very, very simple things at the relative time between two dates, between two points in time. So uh, I might have a date that is today and a date that is one week ago. Um, and using the relative date time formatter, I can compare those two dates and then I get out a string describing that, well, these two dates are uh, one week apart from each other. So the string would be one week ago. It could also say something like in three hours, depending on the dates that I give in. And for users of Scriptable, I think this is, uh, is going to be really useful because working with dates in JavaScript is very painful. So when I showed this to some of my users, they were very happy. Like when you're developing shortcuts, what you ultimately want is like some easy way to, to understand the presented data. And if you just get the point in time presented in your UI, might be like today's date, then that's a little harder to interpret than just a string that says now or one week ago. So it's one of the bit more nerdy APIs of uh, iOS 13, but it's, uh, it's actually one that I, I quite enjoy. <laughs> I'd imagine calendar type scripts would be, what are some of the best applications of this you see people using? So for example, in my, uh, in my pollen count script, I use it to display exactly when the pollen reading was made. For those that don't know, these readings are usually just done uh, once a day. And then you just kind of assume that the, the pollen count doesn't change that much over a day, or you know that it might be a little lower in the afternoon or depending on the weather and so on. But then I, I show um, a relative time saying like this 
Poland count was uh, measured four hours ago, or maybe even maybe even one day ago, which is a little nicer than showing the exact date. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the scripts. I know you can have scripts evoked from the share sheet. Do scripts evoked from the share sheet act on the thing that it's being shared from? Like, uh, for example, you like on, you're on YouTube. You could act on that website to download that video, for instance. Um, how are scripts being used from the share sheet? Yeah, exactly. That's a sitting on a script where you can specify which kind of inputs it should take. For example, an image or a string or a, a URL from YouTube. And then the script can act on that. So that's exposed as an API to access these these inputs in in the script. So I know um, Federico Bicicci uses it to uh, uh, to categorize some of his images for his uh, for his iOS 13 and iOS 12 reviews. So he provides these images as input and then uh, categorize them. He presents some UI to to categorize them and tag them and move them into folders and so on. But as far as I know, all of that goes through the share sheet. Very cool. And then for those new to writing scripts, how approachable is it? Are there like any books you'd recommend to getting started? Or is it more of a matter of looking at example scripts and playing around within there to see what works, see what doesn't work, and using the documentation to kind of get some ideas? Honestly, I haven't found that silver bullet to learning JavaScript uh, but I get asked this question a lot of times. What I usually say is that uh, people should take a look at the course called Introduction to JavaScript from uh, Code Academy. It's a really good course on the uh, on the basics of JavaScript. Unfortunately, it focuses on um, like JavaScript in a web context, which is not really the same as running JavaScript uh, everywhere else. So on web, you have some specific objects that are only exposed on the web. That said, it gives you a really good uh, starting point for using scriptable and other apps that are like that. For example, the JavaScript automation in drafts, uh, you can also kind of use some of the same uh, principles there. When you've kind of gotten the uh, the basics of writing JavaScript, uh, I really think that the uh, example scripts in scriptable and just looking at other people's script on the, uh, on the forums, there's a lot of uh, people sharing various scripts in there and uh, some of them are really cool and just looking at what what other people does is a really good way of of learning this and getting an introduction to the uh, to the APIs. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, doesn't the Omni Group use JavaScript for all of their automation on iOS and the Mac as well? Yep, they do. I don't know if there's scriptable and the Omni Group apps. Do they play it all to well together, or are they different kind of sandboxes? So they are they are different kind of sandboxes, and there's definitely some uh, variations in the APIs. Uh, both of course, uh, Omni Group's APIs and Drafts APIs and Scriptable's APIs. But um, I think learning JavaScript or learning any programming language is also a question of learning how to to read a documentation. Uh, it, it might sound very boring, but uh, it's also really one of the, the things that you have to learn when, when learning a programming language. And as soon as you kind of understand a, a documentation, you, are, you should be good to go in, in, in any of those apps. Yeah, and one of the great things with the multi-window support, I think, will be within Scriptable, having the documentation, which is built into the app on one window, and your actual code base where you're working on the, the code, the script, on the other window... Is this something that's going to be supported uh, when the iOS 13.1 update comes out? Yep, that's uh, that's definitely supported. Uh, I knew like right when I saw that uh, multi-window support uh, as part of the keynote uh, this year, I knew that I was going to do that. I've basically been waiting for this uh, 
for a year. A lot of users have requested some way of having the the documentation next to the editor while, while uh, writing a script, and I was just hoping that Apple would provide some easy way of doing this. Up until now, as a workaround, I've uh, kind of told people that uh, they could use the um, online documentation. So I also have a, a website that hosts all of the documentation. Uh, and then they could use iPads, uh, the iPad split screen to have scriptable on one side and then the online documentation on the other. But it's not as, as nice as an experience as just having the, the offline documentation. I mean, that's, of course, much faster and more iOS-like. Yeah, and you even do the contextual menu thing where you're able to hit the triple dot and say open in new window, yeah. which is great. So you don't need a drag and drop if you're someone that doesn't like the drag and drop that much. No, exactly. And... Something that kind of struck me is, um, so the gray boxes of the example and the documentation, have you considered making those gray boxes draggable to the other screen for dropping that code into your script? Uh, copy and paste <laughs> is, is kind of the way to do it right now? I have not considered that, but I, th- I think it's an excellent idea, and I, I really want to do that. I, I think uh, right now I'm still of exploring how uh, I can better take advantage of uh, of the iPad in Scriptable. So up until the, the, the release that will be out very soon, uh, version 1.4, uh, the iPad version have been very similar to the uh, iPhone version, but they're going to differ a bit more now and the iPad version will take more advantage of the of the larger screen of the iPad. Uh, and I really think that's that's one of the one of the things I should look into, making some way of like utilizing the documentation better with with drag and drop. That's a that's a really good idea. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, I was yeah just using the beta and it's like oh that would be really nice. That you're not quite building blocks like uh, like shortcuts, but it would be uh, make it a little bit uh, easier to get data from from one to the other that way. I think. Yeah, certainly. And then you mentioned native APIs that Scribble can hook into. You mentioned Calendar and uh, I think Photos. Kind of what are some of the other ones out there that people are able to tap into yeah of course calendar photos reminders uh, you can work with files uh, even add tags and remove tags to files presenting web views and drawing images um, that's, that's like a, a canvas or a canvas that you can draw uh, anything you want onto uh, shapes and texts and so on um, and then i have one that i'm <laughs> i'm really excited uh, about and that's health kit and I'm battling with the uh, with Apple's uh, app review team to get that through right now. They keep rejecting it, mm. saying that it's not a fitness app. And, well, that is true. But I really <laughs> want that API in there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine some really handy scripts for that, actually. Being able to especially like read data from HealthKit and kind of use that as you want to. Yeah, sure. I made a script that's called uh, a Health Check that just shows me the uh, like the some basic data points from uh, from health and uh, does a bit of computations on them like my my sleep and my weight my body fat percentage and so on and then I could just ask Siri uh, to give me a health check basically and uh, she would present me with all of this data in a nice UI unfortunately I had to to remove it from this update so yeah that's a shame because yeah you could even if you're a runner it's like how many miles did I ran this week kind of thing yeah um, yeah and for people looking to find example scripts what's the best forum or community that you've seen to go to to kind of look for those yeah so there are a few example scripts in the app um, I think there's like 10 or so and I keep adding more with 
almost each update. And whenever there's a new big API, I, I add a new example script. But really the best place is, is on the forums. Um, where people share some scripts and people are very nice like to help others if there are any issues with understanding the the documentation or the APIs or really if you just struggle with, with basic JavaScript. Excellent. And then something I was just thinking of is scriptable and shortcuts play really well together. How are people using this in conjunction with shortcuts? Are you able to put variables from shortcuts into a script, how, how, how does that relationship work exactly? I know you can initiate it from shortcuts, but are you able <laughs> to use building blocks within shortcuts as like a addition to the script in some way, or how does that all work? Scriptable is really meant to place nicely together with, the, with shortcuts. Up until now, you haven't really been able to pass variables from shortcuts into scriptable, but that is possible now with, with iOS 13. What people were doing before then was... Uh, Kind of abusing the clipboard to pass some text uh, from shortcuts into into scriptable, um, and then have scriptable writing to the clipboard again and reading it from the shortcut, and that's like that's very cumbersome. Now with the new input and and output parameters, that's much easier. So the way that people really mix and match the two is, uh, I think. Many people just start with a with a shortcut and does uh, whatever shortcut can do. They do in shortcuts. And sometimes there's something that shortcuts can't do or that's just easier to do uh, in a regular programming language and then you just switch to, to scriptable. Or in cases where you want some, um, some data presented in a UI, you can also kind of have, have scriptable as the, uh, as the very last action in your, in your shortcut and then pass your data into to scriptable and have it presented in a, in a table or something else. But I think it's really... It's a matter of, of taste. Uh, some some people will definitely find shortcuts easier to do some things, and people that are more uh, used to writing programming, uh, like programming in, in regular languages, might prefer scriptable for some for some tasks. And are some users so they start with the script, they go to some building blocks and shortcuts. And would you ever have two scripts in one shortcut? Sure, you could easily do that. It could be two different scripts that you invoke, or it could be like the same script, but with different input parameters. So you can kind of choose the behavior of your script depending on the on the input. But it's perfectly fine to use two different scripts in, in one shortcut. So let's move on to JSON. Who is this app for and what is it? JSON is an app to browse JSON documents. <laughs> So it's not like uh, its own kind of documents, but it's uh, uh, JSON is the name of the app, J-A-Y-S-O-N, and uh, it's used to browse J-S-O-N documents. Yeah, I love the name, by the <laughs> it's way. A, it's, 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 yeah. Great, yeah. <laughs> it's a little confusing, but uh, it kind of makes sense. And these JSON documents is, is like uh, data documents. So JSON is a, is a data format that's commonly used between uh, two pieces of software to exchange um, information. So it could be a web service and a, a mobile app, an iOS app, that exchanges information through this JSON data format. And why would you need an app to, to browse these kind of documents? Well, if you're uh, anything like me, you, uh, you work with JSON a lot uh, each day, and then it can be very useful to, to browse these, these documents. And if, if you receive some uh, JSON from a colleague on Slack or um, on mail or something like that, or maybe you're even poking around different web service APIs on your phone or your iPad, 
and want to, to have this JSON presented in a nice and structured way. So JSON is like, the data format is kind of human readable, but it can be a bit cumbersome to decode yourself. So the JSON app shows this in a, in a structured way that makes it very easy to, to navigate these, these documents. And is there some limitation in iOS that makes it only possible to be a viewer right now? Or is that being an editor, is that not something that developers need that much of? Yeah, so one of the big new features of the, the JSON uh, 1.2 update that will be out very soon is, uh, is actually editing documents. It's a very requested feature from the users. No, so that's, that's perfectly doable on the device, <laughs> at, at least soon. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense if you receive some, some JSON from a colleague and you want to kind of edit it to explain something, then you can do it on your phone or, or device and send it back. One thing that, that I forgot to mention uh, before is like that this JSON format is kind of like a dictionary uh, where in a dictionary you might look up a word. It could be the word bicycle and then you will translate it to, to your own language. So then bicycle becomes like a a key and then the, the translation becomes a value. And that's very much how uh, how JSON works. It works in these, it is actually called dictionaries in key value pairs. That's at least one data representation that JSON can handle. And you notice as a dictionary from shortcuts already, it also supports uh, lists and booleans and so on that you also know from uh, from shortcuts. And a lot of people in the uh, automation community, uh, at least people that are like, very heavily invested in, in automation deal with JSON, either from web services or as kind of um, small local databases. Very interesting. Yeah, because I am familiar with uh, how Shortcuts does the key and dictionary there. Does Shortcuts yet allow JSON files to be used in replacement of that to set the dictionary within a shortcut? So I don't think you can use files like that really, not in shortcuts built-in actions, but it is an option for developers to check uh, JSON as input uh, in their own actions. Oh, I see. Yeah. So when they're building their shortcuts into how they implement it to tell shortcuts this thing, they use JSON for that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then you just tell shortcuts that you support taking a file as input and that file has to be of the JSON type. Okay. And this editor update, will it be editing existing files or are you also looking into creating files from scratch? It'll be both. Oh, very cool. And I think that's, this This is really going to be interesting for people that use uh, these small uh, JSON files as local databases to, to view them and, and also edit them um, and create new uh, new files. Yeah, I was just thinking about the database idea of like you could uh, have, you know, house inventory of different things in a JSON file uh, now, which would yeah. be really neat. With uh, iOS 13, any big APIs you're tapping into here to that to improve the app this year? So for JSON, it's uh, the, the the big new feature is, yeah, of course, one uh, editing, but that's not really iOS 13 specific, but then uh, uh, multiple window support. So a big feature of JSON is to provide different ways of browsing JSON documents and in particular multiple JSON documents if there's something that you want to compare or two different uh, level hierarchies in one document that you want to compare then what you can do now is to have uh, multiple tabs open uh, like good old-fashioned tabs as you might know them from Safari and a lot of other apps or you can have um, what's called splits so you can split the screen 
uh, either vertically or horizontally uh, and have multiple documents open in each split. And then on top of that, with, I, with iOS 13, you can also have multiple windows and each window can contain multiple tabs and each tab can contain multiple splits. Brilliant. So there's really a yeah. lot of ways to mix this. Brilliant. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, there's also going to be a, a proper dark mode support or a support for the, the system dark mode. Inscriptable tool, of course. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm excited for all the dark mode apps to come out. And then uh, anything else you want to t- uh, chat about before we wrap up? Any features in iOS or in any of the apps that we didn't touch on yet? No, I, th- I think that was... Uh, it's all I got in my notes, really. Excellent. And then uh, where can people find more information uh, about your apps? People can find more information on uh, scriptable.app and json.app. Or uh, if they like want to follow uh, the development there. Uh, they can go to, to uh, Twitter, where I'm at Simon Beers, uh, and I, I regularly post about uh, new features and kind of trying to, to weigh the mood uh, about each feature and figure out how to, how to proceed in each update. So it's, it's very much based on, on feedback from the users. Yeah, and your, your Twitter is a fun one to follow because it, it does give you a nice inside look at kind of the development process, and it's, it's definitely a good, good, good one to follow. Yeah, well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, Simon, for your time today. I really appreciate chatting with you about uh, these really powerful apps that really do help users get a lot of awesome automation work done and uh, work done on their iPad. Sure, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Simon for his time recording this episode and to Ulysses for sponsoring iPad Pros. Once again, head on over to www.ulysses.app slash promo slash iPad Pros to learn more and to get three free months of Ulysses, which will include Ulysses 18 for iPad OS when it launches very soon here. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. You can get additional content by supporting the Patreon at patreon.com slash iPadPros. If you haven't already, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Every review goes a long way in helping others discover the show. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your iOS 13 launch day and any new hardware you may be getting from Apple this week.